Hey there, welcome back to the New Mom Boss Podcast. Calista here, and we are back in the Real New Mom Stories series. This is the last episode of the five-part series of real mamas who are just a little bit ahead of you and just over the bump into the other side. If you've been following along, you've heard my chats with women who share their real first-time mom experiences, from their preparation journey to the newborn phase, and we also talk about the transition and transformations that happen in new motherhood. Today, my guest is Hannah Klein, and we talk about what she did to get ready for her baby. She shares what she did and what she wishes she didn't do, and she also shares her beautiful experiences as a new mom. One of the things she talks about that most new moms do is that she bought all the baby stuff and didn't use most of them. We women have an innate feeling to want to get ready for our babies. It's part of a mother's instinct. But what often happens is that new mamas want to get ready but focus on the wrong things. There is so much more to getting ready for a baby than having a baby shower, getting the nursery ready, and going to the hospital class. Most preparations are done for the time up to the due date, such as birthing classes and hospital classes, which is all useful, but it is not nearly enough. The postpartum period lasts for months and every aspect of a mom's life goes through a transition. And those transitions are what need more attention in the preparation process. This is exactly what I take new mamas to be in my program, New Mom Prep School. I help mamas prepare their self, their space, significant other, and support system so they can enter motherhood with confidence and joy, allowing them to rest, recover, and bond with their baby and their partner. In case you missed it, the enrollment for New Mom Prep School opened yesterday, and you have until Tuesday, May 25th, 8 p.m. Pacific time to enroll. If you want to take the guesswork out of preparing for your baby and also what you'll need, then I want you to join me. You can go to newmomboss.com forward slash join. You deserve the guidance and support. My motto is you can get yourself 80% ready and you'll be ready for the 20% unknown. But it's all about investing a little time and energy now and enjoying a smoother transition into new motherhood later versus just winging it and Googling things up as they come in a period when you're sleep deprived and your body is healing from pregnancy and birth. I don't want the fourth trimester to be more challenging than it already is. So let's take some things off your future plate now. There's only less than a week to enroll in new mom prep school. So make sure you join today. Once the doors close, they won't reopen until August. Okay, I hope to see you on the inside. Just go to newmomboss.com forward slash join and you'll be on your way to the best entry into new motherhood. All right, mamas, let's get this show with Hannah started. Hi, I'm Calista Anderson, a new mom coach and educator. I help new moms just like you during pregnancy and beyond to figure out what to do next and how to do it so that you feel prepared, equipped with the proper knowledge and ready for your precious baby, allowing you to enjoy the wonderful runway into mommyhood. If you're navigating through pregnancy with a million things on your mind that you know you have to get done or learn about, then this is the podcast for you. 
I have been where you are and I totally get it. I'm a mom of three and my first two babies were back to back, only 13 months apart. Those first couple of years were a pretty challenging time, but it made me a fast new mom master and it gave me a newfound passion for mamas to be and their babies. It was during this intense learning curve of the new mom life, I had a light bulb moment and said, wow, isn't it interesting that we women prepare way more for our weddings, like a year in advance, and put so much energy into every last detail, yet we don't do the same thing for becoming a new mom. I was inspired to combine my experience along with my professional background as a registered nurse and a certified lactation counselor to help women get ready for their babies like they were getting ready for their weddings, to make them feel like a boss when that sweet baby arrived. So I created my business, New Mom Boss, and started this show, The New Mom Boss Podcast, to help prepare women for the most important job of their lives, becoming a mom. I am so glad you are here and want to thank you in advance for taking the time to learn for your baby. We moms are changing the world one baby at a time, and I can hardly wait to get started. So let's go. let's welcome Hannah to the show today. Hey there, Hannah. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Well, can you tell our audience a little bit more about yourself? Sure. I would love to. So my name is Hannah. I actually have a two-year-old. Her name's Emery and my husband is Matt. I'm a nurse. My husband is a 911 dispatcher for LA County Fire. So our schedules are pretty busy. But yeah, so we had Emery two years ago on the 19th, actually April 19th. So a little over two years ago now. Two years old. Terrible twos. Wow. Are you guys thinking of having another one? We're trying. So oh, send me all the baby yeah. dust. I love, love hearing that. That's like the next best thing to hearing someone's pregnant <laughs> yeah. for me. Yes. Let's get into how it was for you being pregnant and what you did to prepare. Can we talk about that? Absolutely. So my pregnancy was actually really easy. I sailed through it. I never had any morning sickness. I never had like any weird symptoms. I never had a single craving. My pregnancy was super easy. And I think, I mean, obviously that I was really lucky. I don't know if that'll ever happen again. My fingers are crossed. You know, I uh, hired a personal trainer. I worked out every day, which I think in the end actually worked to my detriment, but I'll talk about that later. I'm sure. But my pregnancy was easy. I got pregnant on our honeymoon, which is what we were hoping for. So yeah, I can't complain about my pregnancy. And then what did you do to prepare for your baby? We took Bradley method classes, which were awesome and super informative. I hired a doula. I was really hoping for a more natural birth. And we went to her weekly classes and all the Kegels and all of the stretching. And I bought every single thing you could think of, most of which are still in boxes. So yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just, I think that's mom life. I think I just, I overprepared. I thought the things were going to make it easier rather than the emotions or feeling emotionally stable around the pregnancy, which would make it easier. I made it about the things, right. which in the end didn't do much for me. Yeah. And I think that's very common for first time moms. So as a first time mom, you were pregnant and you're like, I need to start getting ready for this baby. 
So did you start doing research or did somebody like help you put the things that you needed to do in order? You know, I was a nanny for like 10 years. So I was always around kids. Like I already had an idea going into like pregnancy and motherhood of like what I wanted and what I needed. I mean, I loved walking around Bye Bye Baby and like looking at all the cute things, but I think I had already in my head had an idea of what I wanted or needed based on my past experiences. And then you talk about you bought all the things and yeah. some of the things you still have not used and she's two years old. I mean, I had like, I registered for three different kinds of jumpers and a toilet training like potty, which we haven't used. And then she didn't like the jumpers. So I had three jumpers, none of which she used. We registered for the halo bassinet. So I got one of those, which was great after C-section because you can like pull the baby closer, but then we ended up co-sleeping. So I used it for like a month and then that was it. And I was like dead set on how, like, that was my one thing. Like I had to have, and I was a crazy person until like I got it. My baby showers. I was so nervous that I wouldn't get it. And then I used it for a month. I mean, the things that I should have registered for, I didn't like the bathtub that I wanted. I was like, oh no, like she'll just go in the sink. And I got like one of those pedal inserts that like go in the sink. And that was a disaster. And so I ended up having to go out and like buy one of those like lounging baby things. I also don't think my sink was set up for it properly. So it's probably my fault. This is funny because I just actually recorded this lesson for my course about Mm -hmm. going over baby registry things. And when you register for everything that the baby needs, they end up sitting in boxes, right? Just like you said. So if you want to save space and money, (laughs) I would just register for the essentials, the things you need for the first four months. Otherwise, they just take up space. And you want to take advantage of your baby shower and your baby registry and have your loved ones buy all the things you'll actually use in the first four months so that you don't have to spend so much in the beginning. Well, lucky for you, you guys are going to have more babies (laughs) and you'll get to those things. Yes, absolutely. So you mentioned just a little while ago that you had a C-section. So can you share a little bit about that part of your story, your birth story? Sure. So Emery is my daughter's name. She never actually dropped through my pregnancy. She never like engaged into my pelvis. And I walked miles. I went to Ikea to walk the entire Ikea, which is like, I think the biggest one in the United States. And she never dropped. I could never get her like engaged. I had my midwife sweep my membranes a couple of times with like castor oil because you're not supposed to drink castor oil. I drank the entire bottle. I did everything. I eat the salad that's on like, I think it's Ventura Boulevard that's supposed to put you into labor. This is like this whole, if you Google it, you'll find it. It's like this whole thing about the salad that puts you into labor. Enough. She never dropped. And I like was 42 weeks. And then I was actually making Passover dinner that it was the night of Passover. And I was like, you know what? I'm already 42 weeks. I'm just going to make Passover dinner, whatever. So I invited 16 people over because that's what you do when you're 42 weeks pregnant. And I made 30 pounds of brisket and I was setting up tables in my living room. And my husband was sound asleep because that's what husbands do. And I like felt my first contraction. I was like, oh my God, is this it? Greg's first time wrong. You have no idea what it feels like. So I was like, I don't know what that is. Okay. I'm just going to see here. Oh, it's happening. So I went and woke my husband up and I had bought a, like a jacuzzi. Cause like I was, that was the only, I can only get comfortable in water. Like my whole pregnancy only get comfortable in water. So I bought this like blow up jacuzzi that I put on her back patio. So I was like, I'm going to go sit in my jacuzzi and call our midwife. So I called her and she came over a couple hours later and 
she like let me labor for a really long time. By the time she got there, I think I was like three or four centimeters long. And it was, I went into labor at 3.30 in the morning and she got there at 6.30. And I was already like three or four centimeters. And so she like let me labor and then she had like got me out and I was just so uncomfortable and I was having back labor the entire time. So Emery was sunny side up. I forgot the medical term for that. I don't know if you know that, but she was like upside down. Breach is like bottom first, but her, she was like, the baby's face is supposed to come out like towards your rectum and she was not. So I guess that causes a lot of back pain and it's harder for the baby to engage um, when they're positioned that way. And then it was hard to find her heartbeat. So we couldn't find her heartbeat. So we decided to go to the hospital, which is not really what I wanted. I was hoping to like labor at home until the very, very end. My husband was like dead set on like having her at the hospital. So we we're going to go to the hospital. Like once I was like eight or nine centimeters, like just to push. And like, I like really didn't want to be at the hospital. I'm sorry. Were you planning on going to a birthing center? No, I wasn't. I wanted to. Uh, my husband mm-hmm. was very much against it. I think this next pregnancy, he'll let me go to a birthing center though. So you, you just wanted to labor at home. Yeah. Cause I but then up going to the hospital, the sooner you go, supposedly the sooner you go into a hospital, the more chance of a C-section that you have, um, the longer that you labor in hospitals, they don't want you laboring there for too long. They don't is what I was told by my doula. So I wanted to stay at home as long as possible. Cause I really did not want a C-section. So we couldn't find a heartbeat. So we ended up going to the hospital and when we got there, they could find it, but it was a little low. Sorry. So you were checking her heartbeat at home. Did you have at your home own with a doctor? Yeah. Oh, we, you, we got, you got your own Doppler. Yeah. <laughs> I had my own Doppler and then my midwife had a Doppler. I see. Yeah. I almost bought one of those, but I, I thought, you know, I'm just going to drive myself crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Every night. Like, when did you it. buy it? Like at what point? I think it was pregnant? like three months, like really early. I don't even think I could hear it at three months. I don't remember like the time that you could start hearing it, but it bought it really early. Yeah. I was just so nervous and I was working at a hospital and I was like working nights and I was like super stressed. And like, so I was like, just nervous about like this pregnancy. So we ended up going to the hospital and I never progressed past six centimeters, just nothing I did. Like I didn't progress. There's a couple of pressure points you can push like on your body that are supposed to like make your labor like more intense and like move it along. And my midwife was like pushing every single one and it's painful. And then being like sunny side up is even more painful. I think than regular birth this is what I've been told by other moms that have had them like both ways. And it's like the most excruciating having all of the back labor and she never progressed. I think I labored for like 16 hours and I never went past six centimeters. So I talked to my midwife, my OB, and they're like, you know, maybe we should try Pitocin. Okay, fine. Well, that without an epidural is out of this world. There are no words for the pain that I felt. So I asked for an epidural. They missed twice. And then the third time they numbed my right leg for like 10 minutes and that was it. So then they decided to like do a spinal instead of an epidural and that he had to do it twice. (laughs) And then it finally worked. And I was actually, I was able to like fall asleep and like rest a little bit, but I never progressed. So, and her heart rate kept going lower and lower and they're like, you know what, this is it. We're going for a C-section. So the reason I mentioned working out might've worked to my demise, I think my pelvic floor from all the squats that I was doing, right? I was, I was like prepping and like, I was like, I'm going to have all the squats and all of the muscles. I never stretched, I think, properly afterwards. I was, my thing, my pelvic floor was so tight from working out so much and not doing like movements to like open my hips up and open my pelvis up 
that I think all of those squats and working out and deadlifts and it worked to my demise in that sense. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I think I'm just trying to rationalize it also. You were working with a trainer, correct? I was absolutely working with a trainer. I don't know if she'd ever worked with pregnant women before. That wasn't a question I had, I had asked. Yeah. I've talked to many prenatal fitness trainers and they talk about preparing your body. You know, it's another layer of, of training separate mm -hmm. from just keeping your body fit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I didn't do that. I barely worked out when I was pregnant. <laughs> I was just so exhausted. I couldn't, but yeah, they talk about the importance of working with somebody mm -hmm. that knows about you know, the pelvic floor and preparing your body for, they call it like a major event. So you're like preparing for a marathon, but you're preparing yeah. for labor. Yeah, that's, that's important. You know, things didn't go as you planned, but things still turned out okay, right? You yeah. had a beautiful baby girl. Yeah, even the epidural. I'm, I'm so sorry you got poked <laughs> that many times. That's not common. No, it's definitely not. There's this term called nurse curse. I don't know if you've heard of it, where like anything that can go wrong does go wrong to nurses. And I feel like that was my scenario. I don't know. Nurses are probably, I don't like taking care of nurses. Right? I'm a nurse and I'm like, <laughs> I think because we're just, we know so much and yeah. we're just a little bit more like on alert and mm -hmm. like, I had Pitocin as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't work in labor and delivery. Oh, that wasn't my background when I had my kids and I Googled or like looked up the, the dose, the correct dosage of Pitocin when I was getting it just to make sure I was getting the right dose. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine what Pitocin's like without an epidural intense. Yeah. So just for those listening, Pitocin is a drug that helps with contractions. Pitocin is also a hormone we have. And so this is the synthetic form or I should say it's oxytocin. So it's the synthetic form of oxytocin, which helps with the contractions. So it's used a lot in the L&D department to help the labor progress. It's very commonly used, but it does create more intense contractions than natural contractions. So that's just something to keep in mind, whether you know you have it or not. And it's your choice, like you can have it or you can opt not to get it. Something you can talk to your doctor about. All right. So Hannah, tell us about what it was like once you got home with your precious little baby. I had a complete meltdown putting her into her car seat for the first time, like in the hospital. And I didn't know this, but nurses can't help you do that. They're not allowed to like, look at your car seat, which I thought they were like, I was like set on them looking at the car seat and be like, Oh no, and this needs to be tighter. I like watched like 30 videos. Like the day we were because I had to stay there for like five or six days afterwards because of the C-section. And I, was so afraid to put this tiny little creature into this big old car seat with these big straps that are like supposed to be tight. And like with the C-section, she, her lungs were filled with fluid. Generally babies are squished through the vaginal canal and it helps clear the fluid that's in their lungs so that they're able to take their first breaths earthside. But during C-sections, they're not squished. So their lungs are generally more filled with fluid. So she actually had to be suctioned a couple of times. And I had a fight with a nurse one time. I could tell that she like wasn't breathing properly. They were very shallow, her respirations. So I had the nurse take her back and I was like, you need to suction her. Like, this isn't normal. And she didn't. She got like 30 cc's of fluid out of these tiny little lungs. Like that's significant. So uh -huh. yeah. So like sometimes you have to advocate for yourself. You know your baby. I mean, I know that you just had them, but you know your baby already as soon as they're born. Almost immediately, I think. At least it did for me. You know, every mom's different. But 
I could tell something was wrong. So she was suctioned a couple times. So, so afraid to put her in this big old car seat. So finally I put her in and my husband has like, he's in the past, he's done like safety checks. So he's like, Hannah, it's fine. Like we're going to be, it's fine. You can sit back there with her. So we get her in her, we head home. And the one thing I guess I wish I had done better is like better prepare for a baby in the sense that I wish I had, like I saw these moms doing like these freezer bag meals and I'm like, meh, I'll be fine. Like I can cook, you know, I'm going to have a natural birth. I'm going to be up on my feet the next day. I'll be home the next day. And then we're in the hospital for five days. So prepare because I did not have someone to sit for my house. I had two dogs and two cats and I had nobody to go home and take care of my house and my animals because I was determined to come home that day. So I'm like scrambling the day after like trying to find someone to go take care of my animals. And I wish I had done the meal prep. I wish I had asked for more help. I was really set on doing it all on my own. And I shouldn't have been. I think I really would have liked to have reached out for help more. That would have been a lot more helpful, I think. I was just talking to somebody about this. I think, you know, today women can do everything, right? And we're in this mode of girl power. And part of our thinking is not asking for help or thinking that asking for help is not strong. Like you're weak for asking for help when in fact, asking for help is like the best thing you can do, especially at this period of your life. This is the most intense transition a woman can go through. Yeah, absolutely. And I think on top of that, if someone could have come over and helped me do laundry, I could have sat and snuggled my baby for a little bit more rather than like putting her down in her swing and like running to do laundry. Like it would have been really nice to have help so that I could bond with her in the newborn stage a little bit more. Yeah. And, you know, some people are able to afford hiring somebody to help them and some people are not. And even if you're, you don't have that luxury of hiring somebody, you can still make arrangements with you know, friends and family that are nearby or having someone flying in for a week or two, you know, just thinking ahead. And I'm so glad you're sharing this because you had a picture of how it was going to go. You were (laughs) going to be in the hospital for one day and you're going to go home and do everything yourself. No big deal. One little tiny creature just flips your house upside down, right? Like more than you can imagine. It changes everything. My priority is are very different now than they were before. I thought I was, I, you know, I loved my job. I loved my, where my career was going. I loved everything about it and it didn't work. And I left, which, you know, my ego was bruised thinking, you know, realizing that I couldn't do it all on my own. It was a big reality check for me, but I couldn't ask for anything more now. I think making the changes, asking for help, hiring help, I recently hired a nanny. I just, I had to, I didn't have a choice. So I recently hired a nanny. It's really hard to let go, to let go, like let your daughter, like for me, like form a bond with someone else. Cause like, I just, I want to be it. I want to be everything. And to let go that like, look, I can't do everything. I do need help. And you know what? I need time for myself. Let's talk about that because that transition, it's, it's so many transitions, right? Like your, Mm -hmm. your life is just radically changed overnight. And your priorities change and you're kind of, you're lower on your priority list, but you need to make sure you prioritize yourself still. It's baby first, then you. So did you find it hard to do self-care in the beginning? I mean, I still find it hard to do self-care. I actually, I have a therapist now after going through everything at the hospital. I really, I felt like a failure that my plan didn't go 
the way that I had planned it. So I had a really hard time overcoming that. Like my body failed me. Obviously it didn't. I have a gorgeous two-year-old, right? She's so perfect. And my body did everything that it was supposed to do. I mean, she's she's perfect. But I had a really hard time with my body failed me. I didn't have the birth that I wanted. So I ended up reaching out to a therapist. And that was probably the best thing I could have done. That was the best self-care for myself at the time that I could have done. But I was actually talking to her um, last week. I am pretty low on my self-care priority list. I know this sounds terrible, but wait till you're a mom. I'll go like two or three days without a shower because it takes too long. It just takes too long. I know that sounds crazy, but I mean, no, I it. like dry shampoo is the best thing in the entire world. And she's like, (laughs) so I was talking to my therapist and she's like, look, like that happens. And if you're okay with it, then that's okay. But if you're not okay with it, then we need to find a solution. She's like, it really depends on what you're okay with. Nobody else's thoughts or feelings on how you handle your own self-care. And that was really freeing to hear that, you know, if I'm okay with how I'm handling motherhood right now in this phase of my life, then it's okay. Totally. And not comparing yourself to other moms experiences because maybe yeah. that's not okay for them and that's you know they don't like dry shampoo but yeah. if you're, like I like dry shampoo <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's super helpful in the first few months because yeah something as basic as a shower is like a luxury yes it really is I mean it, m- once my husband went back to work I found like this little prop up seat that I could put in the floor of the bathroom so that she would sit there so I could just like rinse off so, I mean, that's super helpful. Get those little like seats, not the little Dumbo ones, but the ones that like put their hips in the right position, with, like little toys in the front. It was, it saved me. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, you don't learn how to take the fastest shower in the world until you have a little <laughs> newborn. Yeah, absolutely. I used to read like jokes about like women, like not shaving once they're married. And I was like, I'll never be that way. That will never be me. I don't think I've shaved in like a month. And that's just life right now. It's just this phase yeah. of life. Yeah. Embrace it. What advice would you give your pregnant self today? Like if you can go back in time and tell Hannah two years ago, two and a half years ago, this is what you need to do. I would say just take it easy on yourself. I think that would be the biggest thing for me. Take it easy. Just enjoy life. You know, I know that everybody says it goes too fast. It goes too fast. And I like, I know it goes too fast. Like I hate hearing that because it reminds me that like I'm missing little things here and there and it does really go too fast, but take it easy on yourself it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be what you see on Instagram. It's not going to be this movie set that everything happens perfectly. Just take it one day at a time. Enjoy it. Listen to your body. You know, I was so dead set on working like through everything that I like worked up until like the last week. Like I never even took some time off to like nest or do any of that. And next time I'm going to do it very differently. I'm going to take the time off. I'm going to nest properly. I'm going to feel comfortable and put my feet up. Yeah. Just take it easy. Yeah. That second time around is so nice. I mean, it's a beautiful experience because you kind of already know what to expect, what you would do differently. The first time it's more challenging, but obviously having your precious baby is worth it. Then the second time around is just, it's such a nicer experience all around. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Hopefully soon. Well, I am sending you baby fairy dust. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Hannah. Thank you for sharing your preparation journey, your birth story, and what it's like after and today. Like, even though it's been two years since your baby was born, it's still a lot, isn't it? 
still a lot. You know, I work full time. I have a nanny and just coordinating schedules and working and keeping a refrigerator full. I mean, it's hard. It's definitely hard. So just take it easy. It, it, no matter where you are in your motherhood journey, I think taking it easy on yourself is something I really wish I would have heard more often. Well, thank you for that advice. And thank you again for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. And that's the end of the show today and the end of the Real New Mom Stories series. I truly hope you've enjoyed it. And don't forget to enroll in New Mom Prep School. It's the only program that helps you get ready for your baby from the inside out. I take you step by step on what to prepare for and when so that you don't have to wonder if you've remembered everything. You will get the resources, tools, inspiration, and unparalleled support you need throughout your baby preparation and beyond. Simply go to newmomboss.com forward slash join. All right, mamas, until next time, take care.